Welcome back to another episode of Maggie's Place, the official podcast. It's Pinky Guerrero here. And from all of us here at Maggie's Place, we want to wish you all a happy belated Easter. We hope that you had a wonderful weekend. On last week's episode, we were at the Michael House, where we introduced you to Mom Nicole, her daughter Jasmine, and AmeriCorps member Stephanie. Stephanie and Nicole shared with us the key role of mentoring and how Stephanie helps Nicole and how beneficial it is for Nicole for her sobriety. And of course, we got to hear this glorious rendition of Beautiful Crazy by Stephanie and Nicole. As you can see in almost every episode, we talk about the integral special bond that our moms have with their core members while living in the homes. On this week's episode, we meet alumni mom Aretha and AmeriCorps alumni Emily Bruce. Aretha shares with us her struggle and journey through addiction and the special relationship she shares with AmeriCorps alumni Emily and how even after her year of service, she still plays an important role in her life outside of Maggie's Place. Alright, well we're live whenever you guys are. Oh, we're live! Yay! Live on set! Yes. I guess it's not a set, live on the air. I have learned today about something called box water. <laughs> Very hipster that I need to look up. <laughs> so, anyways, we are here today at our Family Success Center with Emily. Emily. Yay. Emily is our AmeriCorps recruiter, so she. Um, you'll have to start sending us some little like trailers of your recruitment. All right. Yeah. That's a yeah. great idea. Can you tell them what you do as our recruiter? Yes. So, um, besides travel the country. I, I have yeah. to tell you something, Emily. Okay. Once my kids go to college, I'm taking your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, I've traveled to a couple of college campuses. I just started this um, recruiter job a couple months ago. So, the college campus recruitment is dying down a little bit, but I've been to a couple You can have campuses. it for eight more years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can try <laughs> Job security, yeah. eight years. <laughs> yeah, and it's a lot of um, making connections with organizations and schools that we think would have um, applicants that would want to come serve at Maggie's Place, um, churches, people that are um, in organizations that work with mothers and babies and just trying to make those connections and then keeping in contact with them and just saying, hey, have you thought about Maggie's Place? Have you thought again? Because a lot of people that have served at Maggie's Place have said the reason I chose Maggie's Place was because of that um, great, like individualized contact. Someone kept reaching out to me. Someone kept asking me how my application was going. And I was in AmeriCorps at Maggie's Place myself, so I'm able to talk to them about my experience, which has helped um, with the recruitment process a lot, and just yeah. being able to give that perspective. So, um, what year did you do your service? So, I graduated from college in May of 2017. Where did you go to college? Loyola, Maryland. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Um, in Baltimore. And so I found then, my dream college. It's in the Loyola, Loyola Marymount. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I went on one recruiting trip and I was sold. I wanted to sign up. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Anyways. Yeah. Um, and then I came to Maggie's Place in August 2017 and finished up last August 2018 and started recruiting around. February of 2019. So amazing. 
So tell us a little bit about your year of service, and we have someone special here with us too. Maybe you could introduce her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sitting here with Aretha, and hey, <laughs> Aretha is an alumni mom of Nice Place, and when I moved into the Michael House in August 2017, Aretha had been there since March. Um, and I actually remember showing my dad the night before they moved me into the Michael House. We were all in Arizona. We were looking at the Maggie Spice website, and there was uh, Aretha's testimony was on the website. So we're like, oh wow, you know, my dad's like, oh Aretha, like she seems awesome. And then they moved me into the house, and Aretha, I remember you came out of the bedroom because you were like, who are these new people? Uh, and you're like, you. hi. And my dad's like, is that Aretha? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and we clicked right away, and then she had her baby Zoe in October. So it was that name, Zoe. Yeah. Zoe. I was on my top five. Did you name your baby after Mission Park Zoe? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so her name is Zoe Rain. Oh, that's so pretty. I believe that's Zoe pretty. was there. She left, I believe, in May, and I found out, like, maybe April what I was having mm -hmm. the sex and I thought it was a boy the entire time and his name was going to be Levi <laughs> and so when I found out um, it was a girl I was like okay I don't have any names and I, fit, I decided her name when I was walking leaving the doctor's office in the parking lot and oh, okay. my sister was naming all these names like no mm -mm, no oh god no <laughs> and the name Zoe popped up in my head and the way I describe it is my heart smiled. Aww. My heart smiled when I said the name Zoe that. and yeah. that was her name. And it means life. Life, yes. Oh, wow. Greek, awesome. yes, in Greek, yeah. Is your testimonial still on your website? I believe so, yeah. Yes, Pinky's saying yes. Pinky it's does all. The pamphlet. <laughs> the pamphlet? Did you guys have a song at the Michael House that you sang together? So we yes. were at the Michael House last week and we were talking to Stephanie and Nicole and they were adorable. So Stephanie's an AmeriCorps member and Nicole's a mom living with us and they were like, and we're always singing country to each other <laughs> and they were so cute singing their Luke Holmes country. Yes. yes. So <laughs> I, feel like, for I feel like <laughs> I feel like Luke Combs should send them free concert tickets in November. Combs <laughs> <laughs> tour, if you're listening. Yes. Aretha would make up these songs for Zoe. She had some yeah, original songs for Zoe that uh, we would just sing. Um, and they would change every couple months. Like, you would keep one for a couple yes. months Aww. and it would change. Yes. But then Zoe also loved Stand By Me. Yes. Aww. I didn't know the song. You oh, didn't I know the song the Stand By line, Me? So it would I just didn't. be the one line over so and over again. I listened to it in the car, and whenever I was in the car, I would put it on, and I learned all the lyrics, and then you I would did. sing it to her, yes. Will you sing it now? Oh, God, no. <laughs> yes. Turn it on. Okay, you're... <coughs> oh, really? <laughs> no. Oh, This podcast is becoming karaoke it podcast. Is. Our <laughs> personal favorite is Mariah Carey. Which <gasps> one? I love her. What well, one? Fantasy? Me Mimi. No. Which one? Emancipation of Mimi. I love that one. Yes, yes. What one? What's your favorite song from there? 
Um, we belong together. Yeah. Oh, I love Aww. that song. I feel like we, she's like her, typing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're about to do podcast karaoke. Let's do it. That's <laughs> such a good song. Uh oh. Oh, on the spot. I'm just hit my soul oh, for a minute. Oh no. I love her. Remember we're talking about Mariah? Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. I didn't mean it when I said I didn't love you so I should've held on tight, I never should've let you go I didn't know nothing, I was stupid, I was foolish I was lying to myself I could not tell if I would ever be without your love Ever imagine I'd be standing here beside myself couldn't know you, couldn't know me, but if I knew everything, I never felt. Here it comes. The feeling that I'm feeling now that I don't hear your voice. I have you touch and kiss your lips cause I don't have a choice. Oh, I'm going to this one out there. Right here. Cause baby, when you left, I lost a part of me. It's still so hard to believe. Come back, baby. Tell us a little bit about what your life was like before you came to the Michael house. Um, before you met Zoe and Emily and sang Mariah Carey together. Oh my goodness. The, <laughs> I would, the way I described before Maggie's place was dark. It's a dark place that I was in. I had been struggling with addiction since age 13. Um, and it wasn't it, from age 13 that was heavy, heavy stuff that I was introduced to at age 13 um, and immediately was, uh, you know, coming, growing up in a home that was broken. That was my way to cope. Uh, so it followed me all the way for 20 years. And when I, before I found out I was pregnant, I was sitting there um, on my, I, I don't even know maybe a relapse. I don't know which number it was, but it was a relapse. And um, I was sitting there thinking, God, I have been struggling with this for 20 plus years and I am tired. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of coming back to this. So that's where I was. I was sitting in a very dark place. I had lost my job that I had just gotten a, a really good job at a hospital. Um, considering that I have a felony, I that door opened up and I gave it away. I lost my apartment. I had an apartment with NAC. I lost that. And I ended up at the Phoenix Rescue Mission. Mm -hmm. And um, the Phoenix Rescue Mission was not for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but God knew that if I would have stayed there, I wouldn't have been here. So, uh, so I was in a really bad place of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. I was done. I was done with life. I was done trying to fight. 
I was done trying to, uh, I was broken. And I didn't know how to um, live this life as trying to be a, a normal person. So that's where I was when. And what was your felony for? You said you had a felony. Uh, <laughs> aggravated assault on a police officer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, aggravated assault on a police officer. Is that your only felony? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay, good job. Thank goodness, yes. yes. Huh. What's NAC yep. for our listeners? Native American Connections. Okay. They have a housing program there, affordable housing, and they had just built a brand new property. I was the first person living in that apartment. Oh, wow. And I lived there for a year, and then I had to relax, and... For me, when I when I use, I use. I go all out and pretty much lose my mind and just go full throttle. So that's what happened um, with that. So that's why I lost everything. I had, the only thing I had was my car and my clothes in the trunk when I came to um, the Michael House. Okay, so how long did it take you to get into the Michael House? <laughs> Literally, I called. I found out about it um, from my pastor. I never heard about Maggie's Place. And I remember them doing at the church. Um, they were taking gifts for Christmas. Uh-huh. So they collected a bunch of gifts. And I didn't know that it was Maggie's Place. It was like a few years before. And I told my pastor. I found out I was pregnant. And I was living with my brother. And he was using. So I knew that that was not going to work. I could have went to my mother's house, but there was people living at her house who were using. So I felt stuck. I felt like I was going to not, I I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew it wasn't going to be good if I stayed in that situation uh, with my family. Uh, So I told her I was pregnant and she told me about Maggie's place. Call Maggie's place. This was on a Thursday. Friday I called, no one was here when I called, or they, they took, the, the voicemail said to call back Monday. So I called Monday, and I came in, I believe Tuesday, and met with Tracy. Oh, yeah. And then I moved in, I believe, on a Thursday. Awesome. So it was just boom, bang, done. All right. Like that. And I hear stories of other moms, like, yeah. saying they had to call for months, like weeks. Yeah, yeah so. Months. So... When you moved in, what was it, what did you think when you first moved into the Michael house? Uh, <laughs> I was very uh, guarded. So I put my wall down when I met Mary-Kate at the Starbucks down the street for my second intake, I believe it was, with her and Tia. And um, they got me to open up, and I felt comfortable. I felt safe, so I shared a little piece with them and I cried and I knew that I could trust them but then when I moved in the house I'm like I don't know any of these women I don't know where they're from um but like I said the peace in that home was so overwhelming coming from where I was coming from Mm -hmm. where there was no peace at all I didn't feel safe meaning like I was could relapse at any time so when I entered into the house they did the the um, tour and I got to my door to the bedroom that I was in and uh, they had set out stuff on the bed the bed was made I was so happy to see a bed and there was a little book and I believe it was 
a little doll, like a little stuffed animal. And it said, it was a little card handwritten, it said, for your baby. And I was, oh my God. And I cried. So, and I still have that stuff. I still have that book. Um, we read it sometimes when I find it in the bottom of the book pile. But um, I slept and I felt so peaceful in the home. The home was peaceful. I wasn't. I was still raging with confusion and fear. So, but yeah, that was my first um, experience was, this is so real. I'm about to have a baby. Oh <laughs> goodness, I was 34, I believe at the time. Um, so first child, first pregnancy, it was, it was wonderful. I, the way I describe it is uh, a seed of hope was deposited when I walked in that door. That's awesome. So what were some of your goals that you worked on while you were in the Michael house? Um, so when I first initially came in, uh, my goal was to get a job because I was very early on in my pregnancy and to move out. And <laughs> I never got a job. I did get one job at Fry's across the street and I got fired. <laughs> Two weeks later, it wasn't anything I did. It was the felony. It came uh, up. I told him about it. Hey, I have a felony. It's from 2010. It's pretty old, but... And I still got let go, but um, I'd never got a job, and and I know why. So my goal was, as I said, was initially to get out, be gone, get my own space. But God had a different plan. So my goal then turned into allowing God to heal, heal me, mm -hmm. heal my heart, um, and that was the main thing: was to grow, to to learn, and to let go. I had to let go of so much anger and unforgiveness and hate that I had in my heart and that happened. That was one the counseling room was one of my favorite places because a lot happened in the in that room. A lot of work went in went into that. So that was that was huge for me. You I think from the moment I walked in this room, I just felt a light kind of radiating from you. I mean, she's wearing this beautiful pink shirt, um, but you you have that about you. You can tell that you've, you, whatever happens in the past is gone, right? You learn from those lessons, but you also take care to be present and be thoughtful and kind and, um, just bring light to whatever it is you're doing so and Aretha is one of the best moms that I've ever witnessed oh, like she's wow. so I think it comes from she's just so like in awe of Zoe like every moment like we were just talking about when Zoe's like screaming her head off or having a tantrum she's just sitting there like calm and like even laughing just kind of like <laughs> this is life and I'm so grateful to be able to like witness this and have like she gives Zoe so much space to feel like all her emotions and a safe secure environment and I just think it's unbelievable because we talk about how you didn't have that so mm -hmm. you that is such an intentional choice every day to parent like that and Zoe's so confident and smart and she knows she's loved and I think it's it's just amazing to watch like that to come in to Maggie's place completely scared, guarded, and not really having experience with babies or watching 
people parent in a way that you wanted to parent. And it's just so natural to you, the way that you support and love her. I learned from you and Emily, I mean, and Ellen and Mary-Kate and all the other moms as well. Being able to sit, so grateful that I went early on in my pregnancy, just to see someone reading to a baby. Um, I would have thought something that would have been uh, pretty much laughed at if I read to a baby, talk to the baby, like, why? It's a baby. It doesn't understand. That's the way I was taught, that children were to be seen and not heard, that uh, they didn't have a voice. And so now I, my child has a voice, mm -hmm. and she will. I allow her. We get kicked out of church a lot. <laughs> For the people that do that, please, you need to sit with children sometimes uh -huh. and just be, because mamas need that mm -hmm. that good word, and yes. kicking us out <laughs> is, not, yeah. is not productive. Yeah. She's, uh, and I was telling her, we're going to get kicked out, and she don't care. So. <laughs> She's going to let the pastor know. Mm -hmm. Amen. I'm here. I'm Amen. here. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. So how long did you live at the Michael House? I lived there for 14 months. Okay. Yeah. Which was great. I stayed pretty much, I moved out when I was eight months. Yeah. So that was really nice for us. Yeah. For those struggling with, um, you talked about confusion, anger, um, just being in that space, what, what would you tell them? What, are, what would be some advice you'd give to somebody that maybe they're not quite at their breaking point? It sounds like you were at the point of, I'm open, I'm ready, I need, I need something, I need help. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who might be getting close or they're listening and they, they're saying, okay, well, I can relate to some of that. I'm really angry, I'm really upset, confused, but... You know, maybe I'm not ready. That there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's a, a scripture that I just thought about. Um, it's, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Meaning, it sounds so, so like, yeah, like, it's not actually death for me. The way God showed me was, I'm walking through this. I read this book, and... Um, the way the shepherd describes walking through the valley is like he was talking about bringing his sheep through like a mountain and it's nighttime and they're like I thought about Camelback Mountain I don't know if anybody's ever went through Camelback Mountain you know when you start climbing mm -hmm. imagine walking through that at nighttime and you're scared and you're like do I just stop I just want to stop right here mm -hmm. that's where I was at where I stopped and um, numbed myself but there's hope if you keep going if you ask that's it and for me I learned that I was very prideful I had a lot of pride and I didn't want to receive the help that was sitting in front of me so I had to be shown the pride that I had and humble myself so humble yourself there are people that love you there are people that want to help you there are people that want to support you and walk with you through the journey of healing and I encourage you to ask for help, especially if you're in the Maggie's Place community. It's there. Every single person will absolutely be more than willing to walk with you, talk with you, pray with you, cry with you, laugh with you through the journey 
I'm still in the journey. Two years later, actually this month, it's been two years since I've been in the Maggie Space community, and I'm still texting old Mission Corps, Emily, I still, um, Alicia, you know, it's, I still need those, I come to counseling still. So it's a journey and I just realized that it's gonna be a lifetime process, mm -hmm. but that hope, it grew deep. Those roots, the time that I was in the Michael house, those roots of that seed, they grew deep and the winds come, <laughs> they come. I promise you, life comes, hurt comes, fear comes, but I'm so grateful that I've, like you said, was willing to say okay. Just that's, that for me it was humble, humble yourself and receive, it's available. So tell us a little bit about how um, Emily and the other AmeriCorps, like how do they help you during your time with Maggie's Place? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have seven hours? <laughs> um, no, the I had three contact person, person. Yes, contact person, which is like I guess your case manager while you're living in the house. It's so, kind of it's more like your mentor. There you go. Advocate, there mentor. You go. There you go. Yes. I that's so I had three of them. First one was Mary Kate, and she was the one that um, helped me put down the walls by. Um, Honestly, when I met, when I went into the house, I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to be able to relate to this girl that's 23 years old and she's never lived a day that I've lived. She's never seen the things that I've seen. She may. That's what I was thinking. But when I actually got to know her and um, we began to build a bond together and she was building the trust letting me know that I could trust her and that she loved me she loved me immediately from day one Mary Kate loved you are kind of lovable Aretha <laughs> <laughs> day one and I always describe it as the way is the wall there was a wall and I was sitting on the other side of the wall and Mary Kate would jump and stand on the wall I'm like hi Aretha can I get a hug and I was like oh, okay let's hug I don't want to hug high five please <laughs> high five so and then I had Ellen, who was the next Mission Corps when Mary-Kate left to the Magdalene house. Um, Ellen. Oh, Ellen. Uh, I love I, Ellen. She's so great. Yes. She was there for some really hard, hard things to um, when relapse, when temptation was standing at the door. Ellen was there encouraging me and loving me and um, there was times when I would call her and say Ellen I'm I'm struggling to to not go get high and I would be on my way home you know, like right before curfew and like something happened I drove by an apartment complex and the um, place that I used to go to and I'm really struggling Ellen and She's like, it's okay, just, you know, come home. And I would come pull up in front of the house and she would be, she would, the office door would be open and she would hear the car, I don't know. But she would come and stand at the door and as soon as I started getting out, she would come out and 
carry Zoe in and like walk with me in the room and sit with me in the room and talk with me and um, just until I fell asleep. That's all I needed was to fall asleep. If I could just fall asleep and tomorrow will be a new day. But there was so many times that I would, she knew when I would call her like, eh, this is what's going on and I'm struggling and I would come home and she'd be waiting at the door. I'm so glad you're home. <laughs> Thank you. I am too. I really am. So Ellen um, was a lifesaver of when I struggled with addiction, like when I struggled with temptation at its worst. Um, it came all the time, all the time while I was pregnant, even after Zoe was here. Um, and then I had Emily Bruce. <laughs> she was cool. <laughs> um, she was my last contact person when I was leaving uh, before I left. And wow. I don't even know how to, there were so many things like life events that you were there for, uh, the dedication of Zoe, the, um, my sister, um, having her sweet 16 and just being the voice, you were the voice of God, um, when I was in a dark place, when I would fall back in and. God would use you, and you like you yielded yourself completely to to speak into this um, this heart that was wavering and struggling, and still to this day, it's family. All of the mission corps have become family. I went to Mary Kate's wedding. Um, that's I've gained family. God knew what I needed. Um, I didn't have, I didn't have a family. I didn't, I have a family, but it wasn't healthy. So me coming into this house with these women that, you know, they taught me how to, how to love, how to accept love was a big one, was to accept it. Um, they, I have letters from all of them that were written and I keep them in my nightstand next to the bed. And when I'm having a terrible day, when I feel like the worst mom in the world, I open a drawer and I read those letters um, to remind myself that I am a good mother. I am a good person and I am worthy to, to live a life that I, I dream so desperately to have for Zoe. Um, and for myself. So the Mission Corps have, there is no words to describe the way they've impacted my life forever, forever. They're, cause they're never gonna get rid of me. <laughs> You're always. <laughs> <laughs> Julie talks a lot about how the Mission Corps is just something that makes Maggie's place, that it's super, it's that special attribute of being in this environment and hearing the stories of every Mission Corps member that I've come into contact with and, and the moms they support and just this environment. It's, it's 
so simple some days and some days not, but just saying, you know, welcome home or five words, you know, that can make or break your day. And that's so huge. Definitely. I always say their number one job is to be the one kind voice. Yes, and they were. And there's a lot of research out there that actually backs up this idea of having mentors. Um, Empath does a lot of research around mentoring, and that's really what the role of our mission core is, to be, to be that mentor that's at home that is doing exactly what you're describing. You know, saying, welcome home, we're glad you're home being that one kind voice and and what you're describing is exactly what we want you know they can't they can't fix a lot of those problems mm-hmm. right like they're not your counselor yes. in the counselor room yes they're not fries I don't know why they wouldn't hire you uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're not you know they can't, they can't solve a lot of those problems but we can solve a lot of problems by giving people that love like yes. you said and teaching them to accept that love and by allowing them to have this supportive community yes. that's sober and safe and and really giving them that that feeling that there's someone there, right? Yes. So when you have a mentor, um, all the research that Impasse says is that if you have one person in your life that you believe believes in you and believes that you can be successful, it impacts your outcomes 30% in the positive. So 30% difference. That's huge. Just by having that that person that you know is like on your team and believes in you. Yeah. And they and they also know that it works in the opposite. So if you don't have that, mm-hmm. it can have up to 30% negative impact yeah. in your life of not having having that mentor, right? And having that voice that that you said like I just had to get home and get to bed and and just wake up and start again tomorrow. But you had to like have that smiling face, yes. right? Yes. Saying welcome home. Yes. Like, we're glad you're here. Yes. And I don't know if there's research on like, you know, the benefits of being surrounded by just such hopeful, inspiring women. But like for me, Maggie's place was probably as healing as it was for so many of the moms of just like witnessing that transformation and the hope that I saw every day in these moms and the babies and the way that they were able to like stop so many cycles that had had been in their lives was like every day I was just like wow like where am I this is incredible these people are amazing these babies are growing up in you know a safe loving home and for me it just it was so transformational um, to be able to think of the things that I've been through in my life and just be able to say like I'm going to keep going because look at these moms that have been through so much and now they're having a baby and that in itself is so you know hard and challenging and they're choosing despite all the odds to have this baby and parent this baby in such a positive way and yeah it just I also think just I think of hope whenever I think of Maggie's place for in my own life as well yeah and I think it's really important as women to like surround ourselves with other women that build each other up 
right? Mm -hmm. And that and that help each other mm. through that. And I think that's what um, something else that I really like about about Maggie's place in the model in a world where so many women I feel like are they're, they're, they feel judgment by other women and mm. you know kind of really working to to end that and to to say like like you said like being a mom is so hard and you know it's easy to feel like a bad mom right yes and we can it's, all relate to that yeah. yes <laughs> I had one of those weekends <laughs> epic parenting fail <laughs> but really thinking like you know really like just building each other up and like you know we're we're just encouraging each other and saying, you know, like you said, like reading those letters that people had written you and, you know, getting through the day, I think that's, a, that's really beautiful. So Emily, what was, um, what's one of your favorite memories of Aretha? Wow. Um, so many memories. Honestly, my first memory, like, and I was looking back at my journal from Maggie's place and it was like a week after I got there, I think it was our first community night, and I just felt so like, I didn't know what I was doing, I felt out of place, I wasn't in the best like spiritual mindset, I was just like, okay, how's this year going to go, I don't know what I'm doing, and... <laughs> Which is so funny to hear her say this, right. because Emily comes across as the most calm kind like, yes together <laughs> person <laughs> like I remember like when I'd be in meetings with you I'm like I need to, I need to be more like Emily <laughs> she was like calm oh. she's sweet she Very talks sweet. to people really intentional <laughs> but we were at community night and Aretha just said something like you you said something along the lines of like you fit right in here mm -hmm. or and I remember I wrote down exactly what you said because I was just like this is going to be, I think it just set the tone for the year. I was like, this is going to be transformational. But, um, so I think right away having that, it's, it's the same thing. Like having a mom in the house that just like liked me, like I knew, okay, she wants me to be here. And that helped me as well, like adjust and just kind of find my place in the home. And then, I mean, every moment, like with Zoe, I just loved watching how much you love her and they would come out like in matching outfits all the time. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> and I love that. And like she just always was dressed to the nines. Like Zoe always had the bow and I mean she's still she still has great fashion. Um, dress them while you can. Yeah. <laughs> my daughter got dressed Friday night and I was like, turn around and try again. <laughs> No button for I dress myself today. <laughs> that ends teenage years. <laughs> I loved moving, helping you move into your apartment too. Like it was, it was sad. I was so sad. Same. Zoe and I had a moment the night before they moved out and I was just like rocking her to sleep and we were talking and Aretha comes in and I'm just like sitting there bawling. <laughs> She's like, you need another minute? And I'm like, yes. But I loved, like, I don't know. I felt like I a sense of closure almost where like you I'd seen this transformation and then helping you move into your apartment and just seeing that it was like the next safe place that you were going to be and like this is going to be the place where Zoe's going to like be walking and yeah. um it felt really healing to me too to just know that we 
I had a role in helping you get to that next safe place and you were going to be like independent and okay and safe. I feel like I'm always so inspired by the mom's courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Terrified. Yeah, you're very terrified. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to live forever in the Michael house. <laughs> <laughs> but you were terrified, but you kept moving. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what's so important to keep moving. Yes. Even when we're scared. Yes. That yeah. was a, it was a hard transition, definitely, to go from, that was my, the way, the Michael house was my safe place, right. my sanctuary. Is, is what I called it whenever I needed to be when I was in chaos say with family or whatever work I just wanted to get home because that was my safe place um, I knew Zoe was safe even if I you know like left her with the mission corps or whatever and um, that it was a uh, when I got home I was able to breathe and I was able to relax and cry and yeah so that was it was a hard transition going into the Michael I mean to the um, to the next transition it was a big space <laughs> um, it was hard for Zoe as well it really was she didn't want to be alone she was crawling at the time so she didn't want to be alone like I would put her down in the living room and go in the kitchen and she would cry she didn't want to be but it took about a month for her to actually be comfortable and probably me about six months. <laughs> and so where are you working now? I work at the Westin downtown. Oh, yeah. I'm a cook. Awesome. Um, I got that job last year. The hotel? Yes. Um, in February. So I've been there for a, uh, over a year. What's and your favorite dish to make? Do you know when I was growing up, I always wanted to marry a chef. Because I love to eat and I hate to cook. <laughs> it didn't happen, but... I like your plan. I like the plan. It didn't ha- happen. Anyways, what's your favorite thing to cook? You made me a good... What was it? Meal... Was it on my birthday? I Ooh. think it was like Mother's Day or something. It's like that goat cheese. Oh. Avocado, avocado toast. Cheese. So oh, that's the big thing. Avocado toast is really... Yes. yes. So with, California. With feta and... Feta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Um, I love Mexican food. I do too. And the executive chef at the Westin is, he's Mexican, so he's teaching me how to make certain things. And he would send me videos at like 10 o'clock. I want you to make this. You got it. I I love learning, you know, the the techniques and the, the, how the um, flavors marry perfect together. It's fun. I love Mexican food. And I also love, um, like, Mediterranean. But Mexican is, that's my heart. I can eat tacos every single day. Are you in the same apartment that Emily moved you into? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Awesome. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. I live in Homeward Bound. Oh, so, okay. Yes. In a transitional yes. program? Yeah. Yes. And, um, actually, when I was living at the Michael House, I started paying when I worked, started working, I started paying on the fine from the felony that I had. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to do right, um, and I paid. I had a forty-five hundred dollar uh, probation fee. Forty-five hundred dollars. Yes, and I paid four thousand wow. while I was living at the Michael House. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's why it was like amazing when she'd be putting money 
away every month. And it, it's so it was so easy to think like, oh, I'll never pay this off. Yes. So yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Yes. That um, I got off probation in 2013, so it was five years. Five years of non-payment. I probably made one payment, but it had accumulated. It kept accumulating and accumulating. That when I looked at that um, fine, I thought to myself that's never going to get paid. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, it was never going to get paid, and I had settled. I made up that decision. I could never pay that off. The interest is going to keep adding up, blah, blah, blah. But then when I moved to the Michael house, I was in a position where I was able to pay $2,000 every month. That's huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So moms moms that live in our homes live rent-free. Okay. We do have productivity requirements. You have to be working on healing or working on getting a job or working or going to school. So you are expected to do things that count for productivity okay. as well as caring for your child. But um, yeah, which is an amazing thing for moms yes. to stay because, and that's why we do it because it helps them, mm-hmm. right? If we're gonna, if we're gonna break the cycle of homelessness, people need time mm-hmm. to pay off their fines Get a little money saved for an emergency. Get a get money saved for a deposit, and get money saved for a first month's rent mm-hmm. before they can move out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like you were saying, you were able to to you were making two thousand dollars a month and able to be paying for that. Right. Yes. What's so. interesting is that I think a lot of listeners who may not understand that process, they probably didn't realize that the fines could increase to that price yeah. over. You know, or compa- you know, interest yeah. compounds over that many years. Yeah. I know I certainly didn't. That was kind of a surprise for me. Um, but thinking about the money that you made during that time and that you were able to just allocate it to that yes. and kind of yeah. take care of it. But and so now Homer Bandit has a transitional living apartment yes. that you qualified for. And so do you pay 30% of your income yes. to them? Oh. Yes. I am debt free now. Congratulations. Congratulations. Death yes. to yourself. Yes. It's amazing. It's a yes. great thing. That's so yeah. positive great. words. Yes. 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 Building my credit, it was a low in the red. <laughs> so my goal is to be at least seven forty. Awesome. Watch so, out. So I can get a house. Um, that's another scary, scary, scary area that I've never entered. I've never lived in the house. But I want a house. A pink lawnmower. I think <laughs> no. Oh my goodness. Wow, I didn't think about that. Who's oh, going to yeah. mow the lawn though? You need to go <laughs> straight. I would say a pink rake, a pink broom. We just need to go after it. It's got to be pink. We're going to call it so, pink delicious. Oh, I love pink delicious. So what do, you, what do you do now with Maggie's place? So once moms move out and exit our housing, they can still participate in all other programs. So what do you... What's been meaningful to you as we call it an alumni mom? It implies that you graduated, I think. It just means you moved out. Um, what, what has been meaningful to you to keep doing? Um, for me, support group is huge. Um, I get off of work at 3.30. Support group starts at 5.30. Zoe's daycare is 15, I'm sorry, 14 miles from my job which is in North Glendale, by the Michael House. She still goes to daycare by the Michael House. So I go all the way west, and we don't go home. Like, we come, we go directly, mm-hmm. come here, and we eat dinner here. And for me, it's just, I need that space of 
being with adults, first of all. Mm-hmm. I need adult time. And if it's just for one hour to be around other moms, to sit with them and laugh, mm-hmm. um, I need that. Uh, and then also there's times when I can share, when I need to share. If there's something that's heavy on my heart, I'm able to go and sit down in a space and share. And I love how Emily Fankhauser, she, whenever someone has something that they just absolutely need to share, something's going on that's tough, and she always says, how can we support you? And I believe her when she says that. And then everybody, you know, well, hey, hugs. I'm like, I don't high five. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, but that's, for me, is support group is huge, and counseling. I love that counseling is free and it's available and I like the counselor. Well, we provide counseling free at no charge and we provide child care. Yes. For during counseling and then you can also have a meal. And I think that's I think that's something else that that I believe so much in mm-hmm. is is hospitality. And we call it hospitality. I call I would call it dignity of just like acknowledging like what you just said. Like you got off work, you drove to Glendale to pick up your baby, you drove here. And that's why we want this to be an environment where we're like, welcome, Aretha. We're having dinner. Go put Zoe in daycare. Come take care of yourself. And really just those things are important. Um, Removing those barriers for for women to attend and and showing people hospitality. You know, I always think like, does this class seem like someplace I would want to go? Yeah someplace I would want to take my children, you know, mm-hmm. an event I would want to. Do you take Zoe to any of our community events? So I used to go to the events, but I have class on Saturday. Oh, what are you in class for? Um, right now, I'm doing a math class. Ah. <laughs> um, but I'm doing social work, studying for social oh, work. Oh, we didn't know this. Yeah. In the last 10 minutes of the podcast, tell us about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I decided... I went to school for culinary, was a cook when I went to the Michael House, and when I moved into the Michael House, as time went on, I remembered um, a dream that I had, that I wanted to have a house. This is before I knew about Homes of Hospitality. I wanted to have a house for women that were um, in prostitution, and I wanted to have a place that was safe for them to come, and they would be um, able to heal and just be in a place where they weren't in that anymore and I forgot about this was years ago and I when I moved into the house I remembered that that's what I wanted to do and now um I have a dream that I sorry I wanted to open a house of hospitality for women still in prostitution and um, I figured starting out with social work would be, um, this was given to me when I went to the, the Kind. The Kind Project. The Kind Project. Oh. They, did that. they made that for me because I asked, they asked, what's your dream job? And that's what I did. And I carry that on Aww. me. Um, but that's, so that's why I'm doing social work oh. is to get in that field, to understand what's going on in our world and be able to say, okay, let's do it. Let's open a, a home for women that are out in that dark place. 
That's amazing. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. So where are you going to school? Phoenix College. Awesome. So you have class on Saturdays? Yes, Saturday from 8 till 11. Okay. Yes. We need tutors. I need a tutor. Oh, do you hear that, people? We need tutors. 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 We need we math need tutors. tutors. Is that why you need help with a math tutor? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I was telling him I wanted to figure out how to hire him to tutor math and GED for mm-hmm. our moms at Maggie's cool. place. Cause we really great. need that. So funders, if you're out there, we need some mm-hmm. GED and math tutors. Because a lot of the moms who we talk to them, math is always math. Like the Last hard. week, Nicole yeah, was Nicole saying said, she's yeah. passed every of her GED, every section except math, mm-hmm. and she's going to school four days. So yeah, I would definitely we're definitely in in need of that funders or retired teachers or. She was such a great story. We're yeah. going to have to come back on yes, if you're giving us updates, Aretha. Yes. So, so tell us. Yes. <laughs> what do you What do you think? You've had this amazing transformation. Yeah. Like, what have you learned about hope or love? What is What do you think you've learned the most? What are you walking away with? Wow, that's. I've learned that um, I am worthy of love, that I am worthy of a happy and healthy life. I am worthy of good relationships, and that's why I continue to fight for, uh, like Emily was saying, it was uh, breaking the cycles. So for me, breaking the cycle um, giving that gives me hope that the cycle will be broken and Zoe will never live one day that I've ever lived. She will never walk one day that I've walked or stepped foot into any of the places that I've stepped foot. So for me, um, hope is 